Hello, this is episode, uh, what is it? Uh, my bad. My, I, I get nope. We're not taking it again. This is it. We're just going. <laughs> hey, it's episode <laughs> 11 of Stick to Sports. Because uh, what? We had two last night. Two last week. We yes, had, uh, but one was a half episode, an episode. Right, we had episode 10 and a half. Because it was only sports. Mm-hmm. I'm Sean Gentilly from Sporting News. Uh, I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports and... I, earlier today, got an actual email advising me to, quote, well, I shouldn't say quote because he didn't actually say that, but basically telling me to stick to sports. It was implied. It Well, okay, so I, I just wanted to read it really quick because the reveal at the end, for me, was perfect. It was from your dad. <laughs> it was almost as good as that. Um, so it says, subject tired of Lambert's political crap. Uh, the body of the, of the email reads as follows. Sports are supposed to be an escape from the real world. Lambert has no, two calls. Wrong. No, I agree 100%. Like, that's already not true. Um, Lambert has two columns in the last week basically saying that uh, Patrick Kane is a lower form of life than pond scum. True. And today he did that again, and I he's referring to an article that published three days ago. Um, and also let us know that Roenick must be an idiot because he supports Trump. And he does this with dripping condescension. That's true. I definitely do that. Um, you're, I, you're, not, you're not condescending ever. No, never. Not me. That's not, that's not in your nature to um, condescend people. No. Uh, I don't read Puck Daddy for political bullshit. I stopped watching ESPN because I got tired of being preached to T-O-O. Um, give it a rest, okay. exclamation so, point. So this guy, this guy is already saying that ESPN is like too progressive for too his preachy. taste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. um, if he wants to write about politics, have him send his crap to the Huffington Post. Signed, name withheld, Professor Military Science and Engineering. Uh, no, I'm sorry, ma material science and engineering at an actual university I have heard of. It's not like, uh, University of Phoenix or some diploma mill like nope. that. It's a real, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't want to, fuck it. I don't care. Walter W. Milligan from Michigan <laughs> Technological University. You came close. I, you know what? Because he, because he was mean to me. And yeah, if he if he if he emails you like that, I think you generally, you know, it's uh he he should know what he's getting into. Yeah, especially given that it is me personally. Um, I almost oh god, I almost said implied consent, and that was mm, let's not not no nope. not gonna be the right phrase to use. No, I, I no, no, I, no. I didn't I didn't mean it like that. That's fine. That's fine. Um. So yeah. I guess we'll take that that guy's advice though, and we'll stick to sports for the uh, opening of the of this podcast uh, by talking about Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. It bums so, me out. Does I, it I, really? Yeah, it does. It does. And uh, and I know we've we've talked about this before. You know, I'm I'm all in like, he he should do whatever he wants to do. He's he's earned that right, but. It does. It kind of. It kind of makes me sad from from a from a from an NBA fan standpoint. I, I would rather. I would rather. 
I don't know. Some something about it just bugs me. And I'm excited to watch the Warriors next year and see how it works, but I don't know. I, I think uh I think uh I think it's a negative <laughs> overall. I do. I wish I didn't feel that way, but I do. I love a super team. I want to see a team go through the NBA season winning every game by 50 points, going 82 and 0 and then sweeping the playoffs. Like that's what I want. Mm, I don't know if I don't know if I want that though. I do. I, I just because I want to see like absurd greatness in sports. You know what I mean? Like I want to see a team phys- like physically break the rules of how a sport works. Yeah, I, I I get that. I think you run the risk of it getting old. Like, I, I mean, not that, but it did. It kind of happened with the Warriors. Oh, I don't agree with that. Year. Everybody loved the you Warriors until until like, let's say the you middle of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, see, I don't. I, I mean, I first off, we're gonna see we're gonna see them on TV fifty five times next year. Sounds they're good. Gonna, they're gonna be on ESPN or TNT. You're gonna get tired of it by by February. You just are. I really didn't this year. I don't know what would be different, really. I mean, the the margins are going to get bigger and like uglier. I, I mean, more what? That's that's all debatable because I'm I'm going to enjoy watching them for for the most part next year. But and this is where it gets kind of hairy. Is he had zero obligation to the Thunder's ownership at all? Right. Like players don't. It's just not. It's not the way it should work. But. Oh man, I don't know. I'm I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out for for people in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I mean, I I get that. At, and part of that, and, way... and part of that, and part of that is because of, and again, he 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 reserves the right to change his mind, and you know that's that goes without saying. But like the dude had spent the last seven years just saying like, no, I'm different. I'm not going to do this. I'm not a front runner. He said that many times. Yeah, and there was and, that tweet getting retweeted a bunch from uh a few years ago when he's like oh everybody's just gonna join the lakers now right. but that was and that's a long time ago and a lot can happen yeah you know I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold somebody you know for opinions or feelings that they had several years before that but everything that dude had done since uh had sort of spoken to the fact that he was seriously thinking about staying like I and and I and it just sort of it sort of bums me out and and I and look he can do what he wants if 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 this is the choice that that he felt he needed to make then fine you can't really begrudge him for it but I don't know I don't know it just it's it's sort of it's sort of sad yeah I I really don't agree I mean I I do agree that I kind of feel bad for those people in in Oklahoma City who now I mean Russell Westbrook's probably going to get traded too, right? They they need to either extend Russell Westbrook or or trade him tomorrow. Like they, that that's what needs to happen on that end of things. Absolutely. Yeah. No. For sure. So like the the prospect of they went from almost beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Final to you know may as well be a, a lottery team. Mm-hmm. You know, in one summer, that's a total bummer. In much Royce. the same way, right. That LeBron just going, now nah, I'm going to Miami to, to chase titles is a bummer for people in Cleveland, but I think I would argue good for basketball. I and it's all about measured reaction too. Like like he doesn't deserve like 
don't burn his jerseys or say insane stuff about him or yeah of course or, or write ridiculous columns where you like call his integrity in, into question or, or anything like that Royce Young wrote something really good at ESPN.com uh, and he's an Oklahoma City based writer and he's covered Durant you know for his whole career essentially and um, I think he did a good job of sort of sort of outlining why this is uh, a little bit of a crappy situation. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch, but it's uh, he's. I mean, Durant he he changed. He's he turned. He's he's not the dude that he was a couple years ago, or or six months ago, or two weeks ago. And uh, I don't know. It's just well, sort of. So sort of I, sad. I wrote I wrote a column that's going to publish tomorrow um, about like the idea of we're probably never going to get a super team in hockey, but. It would be good if we did, I think. Uh, and, like, you know, there are a million reasons why it's not physically it's, possible in the NHL. I think there's a difference between between a super team and then having one of the three best players in the league join up with one of the other three best players in, in the league. Like, that's – who also, by the way, eliminated him from, from the last postseason. Yeah, like, I mean – that's not that's that's this is such an unprecedented situation where I think intellectually you can be down with super teams, but also say like this is just such a this is such a crazy situation that you know a different kind of set of logical rules apply to it. Yeah, I'm so what I what I said in the in the column though was like this is just him. This is Kevin Durant joining the NWO. You know what I mean? Like this is. Lex Luger turns on Sting in, in 1996 or 7 or whatever it was. And, you know, he joins the most powerful entity in the sport mm -hmm. to possibly join. With the idea behind it being that it puts him in a better position to, like, achieve the goals he wants to achieve. The, and the goal we can clearly say now that Kevin Durant wants to achieve is he wants to win an NBA title. Right. He's almost guaranteed to do it now. Absolutely, and I, I wrote that I wrote that yesterday. You know, if it, that's sort of the choice that he made is is he he put winning a title. Uh, I don't want to say at all costs, but but really, you know, maximizing his chance to win a title regardless of of how he got it, versus you know potentially being a dude who plays his whole career in in one city or, or at least his prime. And, and valiantly fails, and that's and if and if that's the choice that, that that is the choice that he made, and you know, fine, you can't you can't, it, it's not it's not a cut and dry thing. I mean, you you can't really begrudge him for it, but I don't know from a from a from a guy who would who would like to see more than more than two or three relevant NBA teams. It's sort of it's sort of sort of a bummer for me. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. Like I totally wanted him to come join Al Horford in Boston, obviously. <laughs> um you know, that would have made the entire Eastern Conference a lot more watchable. Uh but mm -hmm. you know, I, it's it's again, you, you I just can't begrudge him for doing it and this idea so uh, another example I'll give you is uh, a friend of mine who w works for uh, a new a newspaper on Facebook. He doesn't really like do like takesy kind of columns in the newspaper, but on Facebook it's you know just right. Skip Bayless Central. Uh, and he you know his the thing he put I'll read it is uh, I have two words for Kevin Durant signing with Golden State. K 
Capital C, coward, capital M, move. Uh, real real uh, greats... That's, yeah, it's stupid. Real greats dumb. lead their team to a title. They don't search for the easiest route. I spent years trashing LeBron for chasing a title, but now he brought one to Cleveland, so I lost that critique. Now Durant that's... is the only one who is the one who wants to see someone else do the hard work. But that's but see that's also and and that's that's part of where I think it's possible, like like I've said a couple times, it's possible to be a little disappointed in this without turning it into like you know First count the, count the rings like character assassination on on, yeah. on, on Kevin Durant. But and, and where I really don't blame him is that no look, it, it was monumentally stupid to criticize LeBron James Two months ago, but now it's even it's even dumber. No, nobody with a working brain should have a negative word to say about LeBron James as a basketball player. At least, like that's like that's out the window. The the go to whipping boy, whether it's you know you know whether it's Skip Bayless or or whomever, like that that dude is gone. He no nobody can say a word about him anymore. And Durant really ran the risk. Uh, of of kind of picking up that mantle of the of the you know the the hot takeist sort of uh, count the rings nonsense like he he was gonna start wearing that over the next couple of years if it didn't happen so I don't blame him for for wanting to get that sort of collar off off his neck so no it could, because it is it's gonna happen the this the media in general and sports fandom you know either as a result or or in parallel. Is just completely obsessed with 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 team with team success as a barometer of individual greatness. That's just it's just it's but it's with success. That having been said, if he goes and he doesn't sign with Golden State, right, and he signs with the Celtics instead, then mm-hmm. because he probably takes more money to go with, to go to the Celtics or whoever else, even stay in in Oklahoma. Like, there's no thing he could have done that would have like satisfied people i think him going to the celtics it 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 was going to either be one of two things he would have either split the baby and not gone to a super team but also and he would have spared himself that sort of that sort of criticism but also not put himself necessarily in a better position to win a title or or it would have been a nice melding of 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 the two where where he did you know where where he kind of had it both ways right and I think I think it's much more likely that that the that the first scenario would have played out. You know, he wouldn't have been appreciably closer to winning a title, but and then also would have gotten crapped on for you know leaving Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. I guess the only thing he could have done really is stayed in OKC and probably still not beaten the Warriors or anything like that. And and then you go, okay, well, you know, he didn't win. And he's a free agent again, and now right. we and now we just do it next summer instead. And what, what that's what I figured he would do. I, really? I figured we would have. I figured we would have. You know, another year or two of this. Like he would sign the the one plus one deal. We would do all this again. He would see. Okay, I'm not getting past Golden State, or or we're making strides towards getting past Golden State, and then we would have a decisive answer. Right. You know down down the road i'm i'm surprised i'm surprised he left him he going left well i mean he went one plus one with golden state though is what i feel right. like people are kind of ignoring where 
he's just going to be a, a free agent again next summer, and we're going to do all of this all over again. Well, yeah, so, and, and now the now the cap the cap isn't going to be as high as as it was projected, you know, uh, originally. So it's going to be even tougher because Steph's up for a new deal, right? And uh, and they they're going to have a lot of tough questions to to answer uh, here pretty soon. And also another thing, you know, this isn't. He put a month. Like, yes, it's likely that that the Warriors uh, are going to win a title here, just based on you know reality. But that dude put a monumental amount of pressure on himself. And if they don't, if they don't win a title, he's going to look like he's going to be a, a a Hall of Fame level chump. He's going to be Marion Hosa. Yeah, except except you know, except worse, and, and until he actually oh, for wins sure, one. worse, yeah. But yeah, I mean. That's the thing. It's a tough. It, it's a tough. It's a tough situation, exactly and I, right. I, have, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of conflicted feelings about it. I, I completely understand, you know, the thought process that that seems to have gone into his decision, uh, and I don't, you know, blame him on a personal level for it. But just, you know, just from a preference standpoint, from a basketball watching standpoint, um, I really, really loved watching the Thunder. I loved watching Durant and Westbrook together, and I love the push and pull. You know, in the Western Conference Finals, if you want to use that as an example of of their style of play versus Golden State's, and I, I wanted those two dudes to play together for for uh, for for a few more years. So so to see it not happen, it's it's a little bit of a disappointment. But you know, the dudes, if anybody on earth is is entitled to to decide his future, it's it's a it's a player like that who's who's been who's made a lot of money for for a lot of people, and and he should you know he he can do what he wants, but. It doesn't mean everyone has to be 100% thrilled about the decision either. Yeah, and I, you know, I get why people aren't to some extent. I think that, it, you know, a lot of it is overblown. Um, but like I say, I, I think the idea of just watching that team for 50-whatever games on national TV, it's going to be a blast. Like yeah. I mean that's like seeing that's, them run like I don't know the bucks or whatever out of the goddamn building <laughs> is going to be very very fun. Yeah, I it will be, but it's at a pretty pretty great cost too. And that's that's sort of that's sort of the the, the way I'm looking at it. I mean, l- let's put it this way. People don't go see the Harlem Globetrotters to watch them be competitive, right? So but, <laughs> This isn't the Harlem Globetrotters, though, man. I mean, but it could be. Like it's not it's not gonna be it's it's not gonna be that 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 ridiculous. Well, I mean, point being, teams. Are what are they gonna, gonna do? Win seventy nine games? Like they just won seventy three? Like it's yeah, not gonna. Let me put it this way: if they lose, if they if they lose more than five games next year, I'll be pretty surprised. They they'll they'll lose more than five. Well, I mean, it, it'd be it'd be somewhat surprising though. They, like, I think they realize now the the cost of of trying to go on a run like that in. And the the Bulls have spoken about it at length too. I mean, sure. knowing knowing, especially as the season wears on and you're and you're on and you're on pace to beat it, like knowing that you can't take a night off, that you're going to be getting every single team's best shot at every moment, and and to, and to try to deal with that and combat that on a nightly basis, you know, in mid January, is uh, that's a that's a lot that's a lot to ask. Well, so I, I, the, I what I, I would I would say two things to that one. If when is there going to be a point at which the Warriors have fewer than one All Star on the floor at any given time? Oh, it's. I mean, I, I from a basketball standpoint, I, I understand it for sure. But you know, we 
there's a reason, <laughs> you know, winning winning seventy three games is really tough. So I so I I wouldn't bank on them doing it again just just because of the just because of the of the toll that the last season took. They're going to be great, and there's oh, going to be not, yeah, and and they're going to be great more often than than they're not. And who knows? Maybe they end up going you know seventy six and six or something. But I don't know. I I wouldn't bet on it. It's really tough to do. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, of course, it's tough to do. And you know, seventy-three wins is obviously like this big freak thing. But like, I mean, just imagine if there's a game that's close in the fourth quarter, and he and he puts out Iguodala, Durant, Green, Curry, right. Thompson. Like the game's yeah, over. The game, right, like they're they're they they have such like great insurance against. Any game where they might potentially lose, like the, I mean, the fact is, oh yeah, most close of those guys games. aren't even going to come close to to playing in the fourth quarter. Like, right. they're they're no, going to get not. up thirty by by mid by like you know halftime or whatever. But that's also what it took this year, though, was playing Curry a lot more, playing those guys bigger minutes. Like that's what it took for for them to for for them to you know win seventy three games. Like the the year before. Uh, when they were just, you know, just a pretty standard, fantastic team, that's what they did. They would they, they would rest Steph. They w- there would be games where he wouldn't play that much, and he exceeded his minutes total by a significant margin. It w- and it was because they were he was out there every single yeah, night. Yeah, they were pushing. You know, but push, again, yeah. adding Durant takes that pressure off Curry. Or no, I I, I get I get all that, <laughs> but. You know, I I just 70, 73, 74, 75 wins. I mean, it's really really tough, and it's not about close games either. It's about schedule losses where where you fly from. You know, when you fly from Oklahoma City to Boston and and have a day in between games, and it's the beginning of February, and you're just not feeling it. Like yeah. the, like that that's what Oklahoma that that's what Golden State avoided last year is, it, and that's a credit to them that that they there weren't many bad losses. And, and those happen to every single team because it's just human nature. So to guard against that is there's a major, major human cost there, and I and I, I think that's that's you know what what we're going to see. Are they going to try to make a run? And are, are they going to play? You know the starters in in the fourth quarter of of games on a Thursday. You know that when when they play three in six days or whatever. Right. It's going to be interesting. I re- I mean I really don't know that they'll need to. Is is my point. Because they can get up by so much so early at, with with these four players. This is this is unprecedented stuff, right? It, it, so like it all ab- of this is, is. is theoretical, honestly. Like you you just can't expect and like it's like playing a game of NBA two K sixteen. You know, like the the difference in quality between them and even the second best team in the league now is significant. It is. It is, but. You know, there's they're called schedule losses for a reason, right? And and, and they and they happen to every team, and it, and it takes an unbelievable amount of, of effort by an already unbelievably stacked team to to prevent those at a clip that gives you a chance to win that many games. So I I don't know, man. We we're all we all got to wait and see with this because I mean we're and, and that's and that's where it's cool and and that's and that's what I'm excited about. Like yes, would would I rather there be one more great team in, in the NBA right now and would I rather it be Durant and Westbrook in Oklahoma City? Yes, I would. But we're about to watch something that's 
literally unprecedented in in the history of of not just the NBA but professional sports. It's it's remarkable, and and we the, get to watch the only how it thing plays I would say is you know like it, it's not uncommon to see say like Real Madrid get two or three of the best players on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is still uncommon and it's, and it's, you know, a completely different sport, obviously where a guy's playing, you know, right. One out and of it's, 11, as opposed to, and it's, it's, three it's, out ele- of it's an 11, as opposed to four out of five. Exactly. Exactly. Or, it's or, an 11 man unit versus a five man unit. Right. So that's the only difference, but it's, that's uh, literally the only, and, and soccer's played with your feet. Mm. Basketball usually is not. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to be as tall. It helps. Yeah, it's good. It's good to sometimes be tall. I mean, like Peter Crouch was a was a famously tall soccer player. He was like six foot four or five or something. I mean, Chris, like that. Cristiano Ronaldo seven foot six, isn't he? Mm, I think he's more like six eleven. Mm. This might be like one of those um, Andre the Giant things where they bill him as seven foot four. But he's really more like seven feet, and it doesn't really it doesn't effectively matter. It's all it's all done through perspective shots and, mm-hmm. and creative, I saw Lord cre- of the Rings. creative photography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, I guess that's I I'm, I'm going to say that's definitively it for sports until we get the uh, until we get to the listener questions later on, um, because the other thing we definitely wanted to talk about this week is the return of a game show that is my favorite game show of all time, Match Game. I did not know that it was your favorite game oh, show. Oh, yeah. I love the Match Game. I have, like, an ideal, like, best six lineup. This is, like, this is definitely, this is a logical extension of, of your thoughts on super teams and star power. Is it, Like, this is, this makes sense. In what way? Because like if if you say like if I say I like Family Feud, then you say well, Family Feud doesn't have five celebrity panelists on it. Well, celebrity Family Feud does. I'm talking about regular old Family Feud that that, that airs on syndicated television at one thirty in the afternoon. You know what? I think the I think the Steve Harvey show is fine. I am a Richard Dawson man forever, though. Oh yeah, sure. I mean that's I I would put him. I would put I put a. I put Mr. Harvey at, at a pretty strong number two at this point, though. Really, even above Ray Combs? Yeah. Wow. I like Ray Combs. What do you think? What do you think of when you watch Ray Combs uh, episodes of Family Feud on Game Show Network? Now? Oh, the fact that he what killed the first... himself. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. I'm not put, saying put a damper on, on the Ray now. Combs era for me. Who Who's worse though, uh, Louis Anderson or Richard Carn? Richard Carn was terrible. He was very bad. You're right. Louis Anderson, Louis Anderson, while not great, was superior to Richard Karn. I'm going to say this about Louis, Louis Anderson's time hosting the feud. The energy with which he would say, is it up there? And then if the <laughs> answer was yes. Is it up there? Yes! Ah! He was, he was always... He was always very excited to hear that it was up there. I knew, I knew when I was watching the Louis Anderson version. I knew that someday he would, he would play, he would play a woman on a on a basic cable uh, television show. I knew it. I could just sense it. Anti comedy. <laughs> Which, about by the rodeo, way, that show was great. About a rodeo I loved it. Con. It's great. I loved it. 
Um, I still haven't. I still haven't made my way through all of it because I I, uh, I watched like probably the first four episodes and then and then fell off. And it is it. If you're looking for something to binge watch, uh, I while Baskets is a is a great show. I would not recommend no, it. It 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 does. I'm glad that I watched it while it was on TV because about half an hour a week is all I could stand. Of. I, I tried a watching a show I, I genuinely watching. enjoyed. Yeah, it, like I said, I, I like it a lot, and everyone should watch it. But I tried watching two consecutive, and it's a slog. Yeah, it didn't did, didn't put me in in a great frame of mind. No. Um, so anyway, back to the back to the match game. Uh, yeah, I mean the Alec Baldwin version is actually good. It's good. Yeah, um, it's good. The, they tried to remake the match game at a few points in my lifetime. There was one in the mid '80s and one again in like the early '90s. I want to say early to mid '90s, mm-hmm. and uh, both of them were really bad. Um, I don't know much about either of them. They entered. Was it still Gene Rayburn? Like, like no, with- uh, the '80s one I think was Gene Rayburn, but the '90s one was a different person entirely. The the '80s one they they put together with the Pyramid, um, or no, uh, with Hollywood Squares. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And while uh, Gene Rayburn was the host of the of the match game, uh, Bowser Bauman was <sighs> was the host of the Squares, and it was a slog. Uh, it was a really tough watch. And, yeah, it just didn't have the same kind of, like, I don't know, what, what would you say, like, boozy charm yes. of the 70s version? Uh, boozy charm is a cliche, but but that, but that it applies here. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's the one thing to which it applies the most, as a matter of fact. Like, it's so good. And Does Alec Baldwin, is he sober or... or... I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say a hard yes. Okay. Um... But what I like about about the new one is that they are visibly drinking liquids. Oh, it's, it's great. Now that it may or may not be alcohol, it uh, certainly is. It probably is. Well, because there, there was the one bit where uh, Sherry Shepard, who's the bottom left square uh, or the bottom left panelist, is she she gives a terrible answer, and Alec Baldwin walks over, picks up her glass, and smells it, and puts it back down. The implication Titus, that Titus Burgess, Titus Burgess was clearly, clearly drinking wine, and he and he made yeah. a play. He was playing. He was you know made a made a point to show it, and I I can't believe that nobody brought up Pinot Noir because he was absolutely drinking a glass of a glass of dark red wine. Yep, absolutely, and that's and it's great. I love it. Um, but I, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like they're acting as though like oh we all just have our own cranberry juices or whatever and you know what's great what what's 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 really good for that is uh and i'm not a huge fan of the host but hollywood game night i've i've only seen it once or twice but oh, i have enjoyed man. it it's it's very enjoyable and jane lynch is hit or miss for me and, and she's sort of overbearing at times as the host but those people on that show are getting like almost they're visi- oh they're they're they they're, 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 they're visibly they're visibly tanked it's awesome so they'll have like you know they like i, I there was one exchange between Andy Roddick and Gavin DeGraw where they were <laughs> it was like <laughs> that, I'm in I'm in already that's I'm great. telling you man yeah it, in uh, Roddick Roddick ended up screaming suck it DeGraw into the microphone like it, it was. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, what every, else it, every, want? Everything's like that, man. They they pick they pick the right people for for that show. They had uh, they had Chrissy Teigen and in in, uh, in John Legend like on opposing teams the one time. It, it's great, and it and it hits that same sort of note I think that Match yeah, Game does. It definitely does. Where it's like where because it, it's on during the summer, and it's you know just zero zero impact. You know, just just something some something that doze off to, and uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think we could all do do well with with a couple more of those. Just you know, game shows structured <laughs> around around celebrities, you know, getting getting buzzed on camera. Yeah, I, I think I think what's great, and I think Match Game really perfected it in the seventies. Was they got a bunch of celebrities who effectively had like nothing to lose in their careers, mm-hmm. so they were just like, you know, Charles Nelson. I mean, name a thing Charles Nelson Riley has ever been in. Um, he was the he was the voice of the troll in a troll in Central Park. Okay, but right, but I mean that didn't cost him anything in his career. Like he wasn't Meatball, up for meatballs part. too. He was in meatballs too. I don't know. I'm, possibly <laughs> he could have been. Um, I mean, Brett Summers' claim to fame at that time was she was married to Jack Klugman. Nipsey Russell was kind of an actor, more of a comedian. Richard Dawson was kind of a washed-up actor at that point. Right. Um, and I think that's that's something that that uh, that I that I was thinking about as I watched, you know, as I watched the uh, a couple episodes of of Match Game is like that definitely. You don't need famous people. No, you, you don't they, need they stars. Need to fit, like you the just loosest need, definition of celebrity, right? You just need you just need charismatic people. Yes, and, and you can be famous or or you can be charismatic, but you like you'd like to see at least one. And I and I think the best panelists so far, you know, have have uh, have, have sort of found that balance. So let, let's go through uh, the the most recent episode had a panel across left to right across the top. Horatio Sands, Rosie O'Donnell in the Brett Summers chair, and Titus Burgess, appropriately enough, I suppose, in the uh, in the Charles Nelson Riley chair, and all of that's, them were that's very a power. Good. That's a power trio. Yeah, that Horatio is Horatio is a very good player as well. He was, uh, and I would say this in much the same way that you want Nipsey Russell, who's like a bit of a weirdo in that first <laughs> chair, you want Horatio Sands, who is very obviously high. <laughs> Just sitting there being a weirdo to Alec Baldwin, with whom he has like a passing friendship. It seems like. Yeah, it's it's also fun to try to figure out like what the connection between Alec Baldwin and, and all of the and all of the panelists are, because for the most part, like they're there. You, you, he knows them from something. He's yes. worked with them or or, or whatever. Um, yeah, and so then the bottom row was Sherry Shepard, Adam Goldberg from uh, Saving Private Ryan, and friends like. I mean, this is again scraping the absolute bottom rung of the celebrity ladder. I thought they did him a dessert. Like he was, he was in. Far- I thought he was good in Fargo. Oh, he was in Fargo. That's true, and he was good in it. Yes, that's. That, he, it was not somebody I was expecting to see on on the second episode of that show. In in, in, in <laughs> absolutely in, in, not. And also, to be fair, it it didn't even seem like Adam Goldberg really knew why he was there either. No, he certainly. I mean, his first answer was "Please help me." It had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, like, he was like, he was like, a, he was like, I'm I'm an actor. I, I I went to school for this so I could hold up a card on on a game show yeah. and on on television, which is an actual thing that he said. That's not yep. that's not me putting words into his that's mouth. That's more that, or less a direct. That quote. is yeah. That is almost a direct quote from him. Um, and, you know, honestly, in that spot, 
it'll take a while to develop, obviously, but, like, Richard Dawson was so crucial there because you knew... While Richard Dawson was very, very funny on the original match game, he was also the best player by a mile. Mm-hmm. Nobody else even came close to being as good at him as at it as he is. And it kind of feels like right now Rosie O'Donnell is the Richard Dawson. And I don't know if that's because, like, she's the most famous, like, semi-serious yep. person. But they've gone to her literally every time they had, like, the bonus round. She, well, she's a good player. She's a she's an okay player. I would I would relatively say that, yes. That that's the problem, right? Is Horatio's probably the best player, but I I don't know that I would trust him. No. Um. And so yeah. So Adam Goldberg, and then in the last seat was uh, Anna Gasteyer in the most recent episode. Who, who, I would love to see more of. She yeah, was she great. was great. She should come back. Yeah, I mean she she's more of the Betty White than the yes. Marsha Wallace or Fanny Flag of the bottom right. Again, I love Match Game. Um, I have a lot of like theories about best play and all that kind of stuff. Like I, w- when it was on Game Show Network two or three times a night, in while I was in college, I was watching a lot of it. <laughs> didn't have anything better to do, huh? You know that I didn't. <laughs> of course I didn't. But I will say though. With all that having been said about the celebrity panelists, Alec Baldwin is an amazing host of the match game. Unbelievably good. I thought he was better in the second episode than the first two. Well, my, my big, better, my big yeah. concern was that, was that he was going to try to uh, like smooth his edges a little bit mm-hmm. too much because that's part of the appeal of Alec Baldwin is that he's like he's – like, Loose cannon. He, right, he's kind of an asshole. There's like, yeah. there's like a very – there's a very – poorly hidden like anger to to him and i thought he was gonna just like neuter himself a little bit too much he did honestly yes and then by the time i watched the second episode he was like you know he's making fun he was making fun of the contestants he was making fun of of the 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 panelists in the audience yeah like he's it seems like he's he's finding the balance between you know being being a good game show host and also being alec baldwin yeah like it, it I think the the thing I thought of is like he's he has a thinly veiled contempt oh, for absolutely. for the commoners that he has to deal with on this show, but like because there is there is like is anybody is anybody less in touch with no absolutely with, with normal people than Alec Baldwin at at this point he took I also like that he took multiple shots at his lunatic brothers. Yes, like he took at least three in two episodes. Well, the one the, the one question, one of the first questions was: a group of geese is called a gaggle, a group of Baldwin brothers is called a blank, and and there are so many just brutal directions you could take that in. And I was really hoping somebody would get shitty and and he would lose it on him because he did not seem to like that question, right? But then again, in the second episode, he made two or three jokes at his brother's expense, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, yeah, like you know, again, he just kind of gets it now. Like he doesn't, he doesn't think he has to play everything straight. There, there was so the thing about the audience, if you haven't seen it, was there was a question like, um, the guy who owns Hostess Cupcakes recently bought the Playboy Mansion, and now, uh, it's going to be a lot more common to see blank floating in the grotto and he clear like he clearly sensed as the music was playing that there was some sort of a buzz in the audience of people didn't know what the the grotto at the playboy mansion was 
And he's like, where are you from? And the girl says Ohio. And he's like, well, there you go. Like, you don't. <laughs> which is, which, th- that is so shitty. <laughs> yeah, but it was great because then he immediately is like, it's just a fancy word for a pool with rocks around it. Like, let's not make too big a deal out of this. And it was like, yeah, he's playing both sides of it now where he's like above it. But he's also like, I understand what my audience is and I will speak to them like in a in a somewhat mm-hmm. caring way, but also let them know I'm better than them. And also, also let them know that I am that I am very wealthy and very powerful and have famous friends and live, you know, on, you know, an entire floor of of some of some high rise in, in Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, he. I I love this show. Um, although I do really, you? I, yeah. Well, what I'll say is this though. With that having been said, I feel like the questions. There hasn't been a single dumb Dora question yet, which is a real disappointment to the classic fans. Um, and, but also, I just feel like the questions are a little too. And this is my also my criticism of the current Family Feud, where the questions are just like they want you to say "dick." Yeah, you know what right. I mean. And right. like there was a question about Kim Kardashian, where it's like which is you know, crazy. Like she yeah, but sold it, the drilling rights to her blank, and yeah, of the course, obvious everyone answer says ass. is. Well, you would think everyone says ass. Shockingly few people actually said ass, right? I I think it was four out of six. But didn't the – I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like the contestant maybe didn't say ass or something. But yeah, like – No, the contestant did. There was was a couple – I think it was more shocked that not everybody said ass. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, point being, the fun of – the match game originally was that you couldn't say ass and what, right. you know, dick lube on TV. and stuff like well, that. Well, no, you yeah. could say boob and that was the charm. Of no, it. I said, I said lube. Oh, that yeah. was, no. that, that was, that was an answer on the first episode. Yeah, it was. Um, so, you know, that, that they would, the... they would plant, they would plant the seed and, and have, you know, imply that, that, that the, that the answer would be ass or whatever, but then, you know, n- none of the panelists could actually say ass. Right. And then, but every once in a while, that nutball Charles Nelson Riley would say boobs and like Boop. make little dots in the middle of the O's on boob to further cement that he was talking about. Boob. Alec Baldwin, by the way, played Charles Nelson Riley in, in a, in a, in a hall of fame SNL sketch. Yes, he did. Uh, and he was amazing. Yes. So I feel like this is really his his destiny. Yeah. Who else like who else are we gonna see on on this? By the way, ooh, I, I mean, based on Alec Baldwin's somewhat famous friends, I'm gonna say at least three more SNL cast members. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and I'm gonna say this. That's probably being very conservative. Um, sure. I feel like it's being filmed in New York, so you have to, you know, you know who's... Oh, it, it absolutely is. I, I'm, I'm surprised that Alec, Alec Baldwin. My God, there's, there's no way that he's not, that he's not taking a car from, from his apartment to where, wherever this is being filmed. This is 100. There's no. I'll York. say this. There's no way it's not being filmed at Silver Cup Studios, where he also filmed. Yep. Uh, Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Like he, he wants to go to two places in his life. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to say this. There needs, there absolutely needs to be, and I don't know if it's feasible, a, a, a uh, I, I just totally blanked on his name because I keep wanting to say Tracy Jordan. Tracy Morgan? You <laughs> Tracy. forgot Tracy Morgan's name. Yes, because I kept wanting to say Tracy Jordan, and I knew that wasn't right. But anyway, yeah, if Tracy Morgan isn't, like, 
in the Nipsey Russell seat for three more episodes, I'm going to be furious. A little too on the nose. That's why it's great, though. <laughs> because yeah, every I, answer I is going to be getting them pregnant and, and like... Somebody's getting pregnant. And everybody's going to lose their minds. He might take his shirt off. And he's going to lift up his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> not take it belly. off. Not, not, not take it off. Lift it up. I, I feel like the energy he would bring to that to that show would be completely unhinged in oh, the absolutely. best the best possible way. He's he's a pretty he's a pretty he is an ideal cast member for that for this, but also seems extremely gettable as well. <laughs> yeah. Like like that's like that's the kind of person they're they're going for. Like I would love to see Paul F. Tompkins on un, unmatched. Mm, I feel like he'd be really good and funny. I feel like he'd be he'd the be- Richard Dawson. He'd be great. He'd be yeah. great. But I, I, based on like, I don't know if Alec Baldwin and, and PFT are running around in the same kind of circles. I can't imagine. And also, how they getting him out of LA? I don't know. He'd make it happen. It'd, it'd be great. Look, I agree. I think that I think that's a great call. I think you could also get pretty good odds on Dave Grohl showing up there at some point. Really? <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's possible. Like he's just that that dude. How much does Dave Grohl like like just like being a ham and doing stuff on camera? They're they're making another HBO series. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that that, that he's going to end Are up. Are they on making it. another HBO series? I think he's he's do he's doing something himself. I I want to say. I'm going to say this. Really good panelist here, Nathan Lane. He'd be great. He'd, He'd be, be great. Really good. Yeah. Um, another one. He's probably a little too big. John Hamm would be great. Oh, see, I, I yeah, he's, too, he's probably too big, but he lives. I believe he lives in Connecticut. Is that so? So you know, send a car. Yeah, right. Just I send mean, a helicopter, whatever. Oh, see, that's definitely no, because he was on Thirty Rock too. So yeah. Alec Baldwin probably knows him. Mm, this is all coming together very well. <laughs> Get Sherry Shepard out of there. She's been in both episodes. I'm not interested. She's yeah. not she's not good at the game and she's not funny. Yeah, I could I could do without her. They so, need that they need to get the bot like I'm fine with the top row. I'm fine with Horatio and, and Rosie and Oh and, yeah, if they want to keep that forever. I mean, you know, Nipsey Russell was probably only on about seventy five percent of the there because there were other people that would be in the in the top I, left. Be honest, you know exactly what percentage of shows Nipsey I, Russell. I wish that I did, but I feel like it's pro- it's probably even like sixty percent, if I'm being honest. Just Based on like you know repeat viewings or whatever, but yeah, I, I think I think that Horatio is a really great like regular rotation panelist. First of all, this this show should be on two or three nights a week and not just one. <laughs> I did not know that you liked Match Game this much. I love Match Game. I, like it's it's the way people watch like The Price is Right every day. I wish I could do that with Match Game right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Just because what's Alec Baldwin doing? That's besides hosting Match Game. You, you know, knock out four four a night. You're only there for like three and a half hours, probably. I'd, yeah, I. Uh, I can get you can get Alec Baldwin to commit to three and a half hours a week of work. I feel like I, if I were him, I wouldn't, man. That dude doesn't need another. He doesn't need to work another day in his life, and he may I mean, not. That's certainly true, but. <laughs> Yeah, I just I hope this is like a year-round thing. I hope they just kind of work forever like they do for SNL where there's like 30 new episodes a year <laughs> for for 42 years. 
That's great. I'm in. And like, I want to, and same thing. Gene Rayburn was basically the host of Match Game until he died, right? Mm-hmm. So why not have Alec Baldwin do the same thing? Well, he's like an he's like an EP on the show, so he uh, he's got he's got skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and if it's if it's successful and, and he's making money and it's an easy gig for him, like yeah, what what's to stop him? Yeah. So. I think I think I think we've exhausted opinions on match game. No, 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 let's let's keep talking about match game for like two or three more hours. Well, okay, so I mean, there there's a lot of divided opinion on like what is the ideal bottom right contestant. Okay, because, that's that's enough. Okay, fair that's, enough. Um, the other thing, did you want to talk about your experiences at the Billy Joel concert last week? It was great. He sounded awesome. Did he? And I, yes, he did. He he uh, definitely the the between song banter. You could tell that, that that he probably had a had a had a bottle of wine or two stashed somewhere. Bottle but of red, maybe bottle, bottle of white. white. Yeah, whatever kind of mood you're in the night. <laughs> bottle. He might have had a bottle of white. <laughs> could have had a bottle of red, but he also might have gone with a bottle of rosé instead. Um, no, he was great. You see, he sounded great. It was, he, the dude played like 25 songs or whatever it was. Uh, you know, I heard, uh, man, he dusted off a couple. He played, he played, he played, I go to extremes, which is one of my favorite late period Billy Joel songs. Uh, no, it was, it was a blast. I, I unironically love Billy Joel. This is not, this is not a put on. This is not you know, this is not, this is 100% sincere. I have liked Billy Joel my entire life and I had heretofore never seen him. So rather than like he, him coming to Pittsburgh saved me from going to New York and, and, and paying to watch him at the garden. Cause I was all set to do that. <laughs> so th- this sounds an awful lot like my unironic love of Randy Newman or now, I think Randy, I, the match game. I think, I, I think Randy Newman is like, I think Randy Newman's probably a little bit a little bit more of a cooler a cooler thing to love than Billy Joel. And I I also love Randy Newman, but well, but the difference is, you know, Billy Joel obviously, you know, he can sell out arenas anywhere in the country. Randy Newman plays theaters, right? So, right. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a like a cool versus uncool It's less thing. of a it, like, it's less of a You just don't hear people talking about Randy Newman in much the same way you do for Billy no. Joel. Is what I would say. The dude opened with Miami 2017, and like from then on, I was like, oh, I'm, "I'm good. I, I don't care. I don't care what else he plays the the rest of the night." Sure. Charlie Puth was the opener. I don't know who that is. He's the guy who sang uh, who sang the hook on the on the Wiz Khalifa Fast and the Furious song. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you do. I've seen those movies, but don't, I. Don't. Don't bullshit me. That that song was completely inescapable last summer, and, and there's no I way. Honest, you... I I mean, I, let me let me look. I'll see if I can pull it it's up here. Been a long time without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Oh sure. Well, I way. okay. So here's the thing. The only reason I know what that song is is because I saw Fast and the Furious eight. I don't or buy seven. that. But okay. No, it was eight. It was eight. Um, no, I'm telling you, like, I, when do you I never, to the radio? You, you only heard that song during, during the, like the credits for that movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't listen to the radio ever. I have a 
fairly sizable music collection. That, 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 would... that was like the biggest radio pop song, like mass uh, of, of, of the, of the year. There's, there's no way you, you, you didn't hear that. Okay. Well, l- let me, let me put this into, into context for you. I don't hear some popular music for the most part, unless it's played between periods or whatever at a hockey game. Um, so yeah. like, for example, when Gangnam Style came out, that came out in like May or June, I had heard about it. I had never actually heard the song until I went to a game and they played it between periods and all the kids did the little dance. There's still kids, by the way. There's ki- kids do that dance somehow still whenever they do like dance cams at, at, uh, at arenas. Yeah. There's like, they're not playing the song. They're no. not playing, they're not playing Gangnam Style. But there, there will be a child doing the Gangnam Style well, you dance. Also, I mean, you also see kids in 2016 do, like, the John Travolta Saturday Night Fever like how, disco Like, dance. why do they know that? That's a, It's in the zeitgeist. I mean, like, that, that's become such a thing in popular culture that, like, it transcends. Like, no child's ever going to have seen Saturday Night Fever, right? But right. It's but ju- they know so they know that they know that when you're on the video board at, at an arena, that's that's what you do. It's it's very strange. Kids know the Macarena still. Like how? I don't know. I don't know the Macarena, right? But oh, I know the Macarena. Well, oh boy, do I ever know the Macarena? Well, I congratulate you on your dance knowledge. Because yeah, everybody no, like, knows the Macarena. You know the Macarena. I really it, don't. It like I know like the vague like one hand on your head and then the other one or your hips or something but like i couldn't do it in order i'd humiliate myself in front of all the macarena fans out there it's true we'll we'll, we'll bring it up at the next meeting for <laughs> i'm the, yeah, the west i'm the western pennsylvania chapter chair point being i don't i really don't know popular songs uh what was that other one with like what what's the fox say or whatever that was another one i hadn't heard for months and months and then they they were like oh this is like one of the biggest songs of that's the last okay year. but and that's I'm like okay i don't I've that's never also kind of a novelty song though like but, but again like name a the, song, fast, name... the fast and the furious song, that was like that was like number one song in the country for like several months like it broke it broke records for 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 I'm being for being not a, sure a, a, that I've heard it all the way through if I've heard it at all like in in the context of not seeing the movie yeah. agree to disagree <laughs> I mean over my personal experience yep fair enough um did you have anything else you wanted to say about William Joel um no not not really I I think you know, it was, I paid a hundred dollars for a ticket or Ooh, boy, oh boy. That's, yeah. is that the most you've ever paid for a show? Oh, unquestionably. And in, in, in the seats, like they, while, while good, we're not, we're not spectacular. Yeah. My, my most is I paid $90 from a scalper though, to see Motorhead on their very last tour ever. Yeah. I, I, I would had do that. a feeling. I, I've also been I've been I was really lucky growing up too because my dad yeah my dad I, uh yeah. had a job that that you know got me a lot of free concert tickets. So for big shows like that um you know like Ticketmaster, you know huge amphitheater I was either working them or or had free tickets to them. So I was thank God I was insulated from 
you know, $24 service fees or whatever. Yeah. But, but all that said, I, I, uh, I do it again. It was worth it. That That's awesome. I, I mean, so along similar lines to you because of your dad, did I ever tell anybody on the show about the, uh, about the uh, hookup I had with the WWF growing up? Uh, I think you mentioned it, yeah. Okay, well then, forget it. Um, but I, I, I used a, a different WWF hookup to get a friend of mine tickets to the pay-per-view in Boston that's coming up in October because, mm-hmm. I, be, because he was getting married and he's a huge wrestling fan. And I was like, this is a good wedding gift for me to get him. Oh, that's great. And it's, and it's free for you? Yes. Yep. It's even better. Doesn't cost me a thing. So That's exactly right. You got it. Um, so, yeah, I from to move from one thing that is unironically beloved by a member of this show to another, I have an actual item for Dinosaur Corner this week. Oh, like nice. Like actual somewhat dinosaur-related news, but you'll see why this is it's about um, sharks again, isn't it? Nope. Somewhat dinosaur related. It's that would be not at all dinosaur related. Mm. Um, the so, science is not in on that. I I mean it, it's very much in. It's absolutely in. Duh. Okay, so um, as as people who listen to this, primarily hockey fans, because of who we are, may know. Uh, there is currently this thing in the NHL that, like, in early July, teams will host all their prospects for a big, like, evaluation camp. Mm-hmm. And part of that, that a lot of them do now, is they uh, will do, like, Twitter Q&As with players on teams. Yes. And the Winnipeg Jets who recently drafted uh, number two overall, Patrick Lina. He was asked, what's your favorite dinosaur? And we have a clip if it'll work on this computer, which it may not. Let me know, Sean, if you can hear this. Okay, I'm going to press okay. play now. No. You couldn't hear that? Turn up the volume and, and play it, though. It's as take- loud as it's going to go. It's a vine, and it's... N- what he says, though, is my favorite dinosaur is T-Rex. And I'm going to say this to Patrick Lane. You did it, buddy. That's a great answer. Is and, it? Yep. It's absolutely a great answer. I mean, you know, it's a little like saying my favorite band is the Beatles. But nobody's going to line up against you for picking the Beatles as your favorite band. I, uh, that, that is a good question, though. What's your favorite dinosaur? Ooh, well, see, mine kind of changes. So, <laughs> like, so, like, like a child who has a favorite color that changes, or a person who's like, "Ooh, I really, I'm really into this band lately." Right now, for example, I'm really into Spinosaurus Egyptiacus. That could change. That could change. But That's, what? I like the one. The 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 one. Um, it was in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. It was like, it looked like an alligator. Mm-hmm. People. But I think it might have just been an alligator. Like a big one. I don't think there was, was there a big alligator in Jurassic Park 3? It's been a while since I've seen it. 
It might have been a crocodile. It was it was one of it was some some dinosaur like that. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have been a dinosaur if that were the case. But Spinosaurus is also in Jurassic Park three, and it has a crocodilian head, you might say, um, as opposed to like the more reptilian, say T Rex head, uh, or a more crocodiles bird. are reptiles, though, aren't they? Yes. So. But like T Rex has a head that's more like say a lizard. That's definitely what I was thinking of. What the Spinosaurus? Yeah. Yeah, that's it has a good like, dinosaur. It, it, it has like a crocodile head. Mm-hmm. Sure does. You got that right. It 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 lived mainly in like aquatic environments though, so that's why a crocodilian head behooved it. It its eyes could, similar to crocodile, be above the water. Its eyes and nostrils. Um, while still keeping it mostly submerged. Is that so? That's where crocodiles came from. No, ancestrally. No, they they would have been uh, they would have coexisted uh, at, at the same time. In how the, would that? In how the like how? Like Cretaceous. What? Like that? Like that dinosaur would just? Did it eat crocodiles? Probably it. It probably mostly ate fish, but I bet it wouldn't have turned down a, a free meal if if it got the chance. I'll pay you gladly tomorrow for a crocodile today. Mm, as the saying goes. Yes, that that is what Spinosaurus typically said to each other. Um, other good dinosaurs, though, I'll say a T-Rex is a good dinosaur. I'll say an Ankylosaurus is a good dinosaur. Yeah, I, I know that one. That's got the, the ball at the end of its tail, right? Sure does. Nice. Well, so, yeah, I mean, there, there are different kinds of a dinosaur in the Ankylosaur family. Some had spikes, some had ball like club things. But yeah, I mean the tr- traditional picture of the ankylosaurus would have been the big spike or uh, the big ball club at the end of its tail that it would have used to shatter the bones of its, uh, of its predators. Uh, um, I'm going to say this. I really like a bunch of hadrosaurs, your Edmontosaurus. Oh, of course. Everyone loves hadrosaurus. Office. Yeah. Everyone well, loves a hadrosaur. duckbill dinosaurs. But like, like platypus? Nope, not a dinosaur. It's a kind fish. of like a bird. It's a fish mammal. and a mammal. A platypus is. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a combo. It's a very it's a very dumb animal. It's basically like the most like ancient mammal that exists today. Is it? It, it still lays marsupial? eggs. No, I think I think it just. It's like this a weird thing all to itself because it lays leathery no, wait, you know, eggs. You know what it's you know what it sounds like to me? What's that? A dinosaur. No, it's not a dinosaur. I'm telling you that it isn't. Mm. Um So mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, those those are a few of my favorite dinosaurs. Again, you know, sometimes they they change and that kind of thing. Do you have like a road to, like what about a list of like could you just rat like does it could like do you have like a top 20 at the changes? Or top ten. Uh, I mean, I could it, probably it, name some dinosaurs I really like. Yeah. Um. No, not really. I guess. Uh, just like dinosaurs, I find interesting will change every once he's, in a while. Uh, Adi Joseph, who who is uh, I, I, I work with at Sporting News, he's like very into ranking like everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, and he's a t- the the dude's an encyclopedia about a lot of things. Um. But like, just since we're talking about the NBA, like, like he's literally like he could, like during the finals, he was like, if if Steph wins, it takes him to you know twenty four, and if LeBron wins, it takes him from six to three. Like it, it was, 
Yeah, see, I, w- I wish I put that much thought into this kind of thing. And he does, like, like he's got, like, no, he's, it's got, yes. he's got, he's got Google Docs, like, he's got, like, he has a list of, like, his top 200 rap albums of all time or something. Wow. And it changes, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I it's mean, like, not yeah, at I all do... how, it's not at all how I order my own, my own thoughts. But I mean, like, it's... I do year-end album lists. And he's, like, but, like, like there's he... nothing scientific to it. And it sounds like this is extremely scientific on his part. Like he could literally be like the new YG album is my two hundred seventy fourth favorite uh, <laughs> rap album of all time. I it's amazing. I wish I was that cool. <laughs> it's, I, I'd say he's, that, he's something. I don't know if it's cool. Yeah. Um, I will, however, say that I do have a definitive ranking of the worst dinosaur of all time, Stegosaurus. It sucks. Mm. It's. And with that having been said, it is a lot better than, say, the greatest person that ever lived. <laughs> um, I, ha- I actively dislike the Stegosaurus. It's really stupid. Yeah, it's better than all the troops. <laughs> That's not even a question. But again, like let's let's try to keep politics out of sports here. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'd like to keep dinosaurs out of sports. <laughs> that, you you elected to do a podcast with me. It's not going to happen. Um, we now let, let's just go into, uh, listener questions. We have a few of them this week. Um, and then we'll be done. Don't say it. Just do it. Okay. Don't shout at me. Um, what is your favorite nonfiction book? Oh God. Nonfiction. Yeah. Boy, boy. That's a tough uh, one. Fear and, Lo- Fear and Loathing on the Campaign way. Trail 68. That's a good one. That's a very, very good one. Um, th- this might be just recency bias talking, uh, but I read one like a year ago maybe called The Tiger by this guy called John Valiant that uh, they're turning into a movie. Um, and it was the most gripping, like, nonfiction book I've ever read in my life. Uh, the Tiger. It's about, uh, it's literally just about a tiger. Um, and he's like, uh, a man-eating tiger, basically. And it's about the guy who is, like, in charge of catching this tiger before it kills again, basically. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's about conservation because it's a Siberian tiger and they're, you know, extraordinarily endangered. And it's about, like, the the way animals evolve into what they are now and, like, predator-prey. Rela- it's so fascinating. It's really great. I got it for, yeah. like, $2 on Amazon used. I would I recommend it's... anybody go get it. And I think it's a good time for anybody if you haven't to read Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. And and it's I yeah. realize it's it's super basic to give like a Hunter S. Thompson answer for that, but um I think based on when I read it and my reaction to it and you know, yes, it's again it's it's annoying to, to have somebody give that answer and, and it's trite, but that book's gripping and fun for all the reasons you you would expect. Yeah. So since it's election season, uh, I would I would probably I would definitely recommend for people to read that. And my second favorite nonfiction book of all time is Jurassic Park. Well, because it's mean, real. That, nope. It's it, based on real events. It's it's it is not. 
It can um, happen. It could be happening right now. I mean, no, it couldn't be happening right now. Um, but to say that it could never happen is, of course, like a little, a little much because you never know how science is going to advance and all that kind of stuff. But no, it couldn't happen right now. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Never know. I mean, DNA has a half-life of like 513 years or something like that. So the odds that we would have any dinosaur DNA available to us are vanishingly small. Mosquitoes. <laughs> yep. That's true. Um, okay, the next question is, how do you two suggest getting into sports writing? My answer, I don't. Don't! Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's seriously about it. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I, what, like, if you're not in college, there's almost no opportunity for you to do it at this point, I feel like, uh, because you have to work for free for a little while. And then yeah. like, if, if you have, if you come from a background that affords you the opportunity to not have money for a while, that's the way you should, uh, you know, then you're then you have a leg up. I was I was lucky because I got a job right after school somehow yeah, against I, against the better judgment of of a lot of people. <laughs> but I I recognize how unbelievably lucky I am. A and uh, B, you know, from a more realistic standpoint, I would say to try to major in something else and and uh, work for your newspaper in college uh, and yeah. maybe try to get an, an internship or two. But uh, Probably don't unless you're really dedicated to it and you're ready to potentially suffer. Don't put all your eggs in the in in the journalism basket. No. And no, if and if you and if you want to get into it now, just start writing and and start a blog for sure. Start a blog and and talk to people and and connect with people on Twitter and and uh, and write as much as you can because that's the only way you're going to get better. And uh, hope for the best because it is a very very cold world that we live in yeah, and uh, it's a, uh, not it's, on it for all that long so yeah we got uh i feel like both of us kind of got in on the absolute ground floor of like the sports content bubble you know what i mean because i i worked at a newspaper and then i got laid off in like late 2008 because the you know newspaper industry is dying and i started a blog and puck daddy started like eight months later or something like that. And I sent Greg a thing and he was like, how would you like to write for us? And I said, sure. And that's literally like, you know, six, seven years later or whatever, I'm still doing it. So, yeah. But you know, just uh, bottom line is like, just don't have expectations for it. Yeah. And you absolutely. never know. You, you never know how lucky, how lucky you'll get. You get a bounce. Or you won't get. Especially yeah. you got to do, and you got to do something that makes you stand out from the crowd mm -hmm. because you know, if you're just another guy writing like hockey or basketball or baseball hot takes, like nobody's going to give a shit unless you're exceptional at it. And, right. you know, no offense to the asker of this question, but probably not like most people aren't exceptional at writing about a thing in a way that nobody else can. So I'm not. And neither no, are you. Nor am I. Yeah. yeah. So oh. you just, like, yeah, just, uh, just write. Plug away and write a lot. And be uh, learn learn a lot of stuff, you know, in terms of in terms of the the tech side of of the business, but also just recognize that it's a, just a it's a lottery ticket at this point, and, and it's a lottery ticket that's probably going to fail. <laughs> like it's a lottery ticket that doesn't pay off that well, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, even even if your ship comes in, <laughs> you're still not in great shape. Um, final question here. When should you start using the little spoon part of the straw when drinking a Slurpee? I'm going to say this, I, never. I don't like Slurpees all that much. Wow, that's a controversial stance. Just get a milkshake, dude. I, I'm getting... I, Pretty much it's anywhere. not the same thing, though, because like uh, I I think of a milkshake as more of like a savory ice cream treat, and a Slurpee is like a fruity fun treat. I don't like fruity fun treats all that much, and yes, we've it, established that, and that's a bullshit <laughs> position to take. I would rather like I would rather just get like I would just I would much rather have like a Coke or something than mm. than a Slurpee. But you can get a Coke Slurpee. Why? Why bother? Mm. I like a wild cherry like, slurpee like, myself, but like a can, like a can of Coke, like regular, just fully loaded Coke is what does uh, fully loaded. Mean like it has the sour cream and the cheese and <laughs> bacon bits? Yeah. yeah. No, just like you know, not not Coke Zero, not, not anything like that. Like full on. You're talking the diesel Coke. Then. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I, I I have them. I have them rarely, but. That's pretty great. What about Jolt Cola? You a fan? Ah, uh, double no. the caffeine. I don't get it. I, I would had one like, once I would just... when I was a kid, and it was not. It didn't taste good. So I Especially was like, now. I don't get like, the what's the point? What's the point? Like, I like. I drink a ton of coffee. I like coffee uh, very much. So I would rather just have like. I would rather just have coffee. Or if you're at a gas station or whatever, and you want to hit that sort of that sort of spot in your brain, I mean, just get like a Red Bull or something. You know, yeah, right. I, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't drink any of that. So like that, I feel like that we're gonna find out ten years from now. That's a known. Oh, it's oh, it's like it's, it's it's chemicals that 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 are it, it's poison. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, if you're like, there's no. My here's my point. There's to me. There's no. There's no reason to drink jolt cola. No. For anything other not, than the fact that it has that, then it has added caffeine in it. So if you really want to just get like wired out on caffeine, there's a there's more efficient ways to do it. Otherwise, just you know whatever, dude. Just grab a grab a twenty ounce bottle of Coca Cola Classic. Absolutely. This episode paid for <laughs> by the Pepsi Corporation. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's gonna just about wrap it up because we're running mm-hmm. a little long here. So uh, thank you for listening and. We'll have another episode relatively soon. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, bye.